You know, one of the gifts we now have nowadays is the internet. And you may have remembered that uh, I have called with a little tongue-in-cheek and maybe not so much uh, the internet as being the Antichrist. And uh, as a preacher-teacher, sometimes I think it is because people... You know, I love it when people are uh, Berean. You know, Berea. The church, uh, the people at Berea were, would listen to the message that Paul preached. And then they'd go home and they would look through the scriptures that they had, whatever was available, and see if what he was saying was true or not. You know, it was a little hard to bring those things to, uh, to the church at that time and uh, scrolls and stuff. But they'd, they, they would check it out to see. I love it when people are brilliant, but, and I want you to continue to check out and uh, through the internet, whatever I preach and teach or whatever I say. And um, I always want to know if I make a mistake. But since the internet come along, uh, they seem to be a whole lot more than I used to. Thank you for laughing at that. Meaning, for those of you who didn't know what I meant, I made them before the internet. It's just that people find them now. <clears throat> of course, we always had a story about a little exaggeration or hyperbole because it's in regards to testimonies and scriptures, it's called evangelistically speaking, you know, stretching it a little bit. But I'll tell you, I've had some uh, interesting stories. And you know, I hear preaching, and I'm sure you've done this. You've probably even done it with regarding to something you heard me say. You, you go to somebody else and say, Pastor Don said this, and they say, well, that's not true. And they don't mean not true by uh, the scriptures, but uh, documentary or whatever. Uh, last week, for example, uh, Ken Smith's grandchildren call me George, and they say goodbye, goodbye, George. And I've, I've, I'm happy that they call me George. That's fine with me. Uh, and but somebody yelled, "No, they're saying church." And so when I was coming in today. Uh, the little one says, hi, George. <laughs> and you say, well, no, they're saying church. But Ken Smith says, he's not George. <laughs> no. And so I said, oh, you're mistaken. They're calling me church. <laughs> he says, I thought they said George. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> That's just one of the things you have to contend with, you know. Is uh, <clears throat> I remember, for example, John Kelly preaching this sermon, and another time Ern Baxter preaching on the same subject about eagles, and boy, it became one of my favorite sermons. And then I found out that there's no documentation to prove that about that what I said about eagles, uh, not so much about the Ern Baxter part, but about the John Kelly part. And uh, interestingly enough, when I did preach that sermon uh, about eagles, uh, Bert Levenway came up to me and says, I read that in the, in the National Geographic. And I said, well, that's good. That's good. Uh, and I guess I found out that even the National Geographic can be wrong. You know, I once saw a commercial in uh, Black History uh, Week that... Uh, when you say the real McCoy, it's talking about this inventor, this African-American man, who was such an incredible invention, and his inventions were so perfect. They had over 50 of them patented, and they were so perfect that his name was McCoy. So if you said the real McCoy, you are uh, saying it because of him. And um, that was on television. And so uh, I looked that up on the internet, and it had that in there. But that they said that's not that's not why they where that saying came from. 
Uh, that saying actually came from some, some time before he was even born. And uh, so you never know, you know, uh, what the truth is. Um, for example, for 42, 44 years, I have been sharing uh, a scripture that is relative to today, uh, this week which was uh, not a scripture, a quote, gratitude is riches, complaint is poverty. And the worst I've ever had was wonderful. And it, uh, and I had always heard that that was Ralph Waldo Emerson who said that. I never checked it out until last week when my son-in-law shared that it was Doris Day that said that. Well, I think Doris Day said, said que sera, sera. <laughs> Well, anyway, I, I said, no. I, I said, I, I, Ralph Waldo Emerson said that. But not according to the Internet. Doris Day said that according to the Internet. So I've been wrong all these years. Oh, yes. I know some things on the Internet I have found to be somewhat off, you know. And so I just want to say, uh, whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. Also, interestingly enough, though, that when the ladies, well, there was ladies, some men, but most of them were ladies that had the Christian Science Church over here before they sold it, you know, to Brazil. Uh, I was, when we were over there, I somehow quoted one time, gratitude is riches, complaint is poverty. I believe that to be true, no matter who said it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said, gratitude is riches, complaint is poverty. And she said, oh, one of my favorite teachers, a matter of fact, we got his books here uh, in the church, Ralph Waldo Emerson. So there was another mistake that somebody made, and I reinforced. And so anyway, uh, I, uh, I, the way she was talking about it is he was one of their first uh, members. If you know who started the Christian Science Church, it's Mayor Mary Baker Eddy. Don't look it up on the internet. Might be wrong. And uh, from what she was saying over here, that Ralph Waldo Emerson was part of the church in the beginning. That has been debunked as well. So uh, forgive me if I share things and I'm off a little bit. Um, I don't do it on purpose. sometimes, Sometimes I may stretch things a little bit. What did I do with my paper? Oh, I put it in my pocket. Like Gandalf says, it's in your pocket. Nobody, nobody appreciates the trilogy that J.R.R. Tolkien wrote, filled with metaphors of Christ in it, deliberately. Uh, Let's turn to Philippians, the fourth chapter, and we're going to start with verse four. Go through verse eight. Philippians four. And I want to thank you for that prayer, George. I really do. Um, Charles Spurgeon used to say, preach faith till you get it. And then preach faith because you got it. And uh, I, I find that so true uh, as I live and breathe. Because um, most of the time, if not all the time, I'm preaching to me. And I frequently say that, Lord, uh, Don, f- preach faith till you get it. You know? And then preach it because you got it. 
it's more more till I get it than after I got it. But uh, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for caring. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. You spared not your own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall you not with him freely give us all things? Every good gift, all good gifts around us come from heaven above. The sun that shines, the earth that grows, and nature. And Lord, you know how I cringe anytime somebody says Mother Nature. I do, I do. I'm sorry. Uh, offend anybody, but I, Lord, you know what? That just bothers me because you are the creator of all things. And through Christ, you that spared not your own son. Lord, you said in uh, James that every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from you, the Father of lights. And uh, who gives it to us without variableness, variableness, neither shadow of turning. That everything that you give us. And then you said almost the same thing Paul says, you, uh, you say through James. And Paul says, he that spared not, you that spared not your own son, how shall you not freely give us all things? Whereas in the book of James under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, James says, every good gift come down from heaven. After all, of his own will, of your own will, Heavenly Father, you have begat us. You have given us birth with the word of truth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that everything comes through Christ. Thank you, Lord. In this time in this week, may we be much more than just mindful on Thanksgiving Day, but instead we be mindful every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. In 1 Timothy 4, it says that uh, if we receive the food with Thanksgiving and prayers, uh, they sh- that, that our food shall be sanctified, sanctified by God. If it's it's set apart for us with thanksgiving and prayer, has set apart our food. So, and this is one of the reasons that uh, we uh, say. And uh, I don't know about you, but I for until I started getting into some Greek, which is not a, a whole lot compared to the whole language, but I love to study the Greek words and I find out things about it. The Bible, the New Testament was originally written in Greek. Sometimes when you look at these verses, uh, you get a, 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 an additional meaning from the words. And so before I looked that word up in the Greek, I always wondered why when uh, we eat at the table, um, you know, you say grace, you know, so somebody say grace. grace. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because when I say that at the table, I'll get that out of my grandson sometime. All right, who would like to, who, who, who would say grace? And one of my papa would say grace. Who would like to give thanks? Thanks. Mm. I'm a, I, I love a good sense of humor myself, and I'm sure Lord loves it. Um, I said something about Peter Marshall maybe last week or the week before. I, it was uh, veterans, before Veterans Day. And uh, you should study Peter Marshall and his wife, Catherine Marshall. They were quite, he was a chaplain of the Senate. And... Um, you know, Peter Marshall was also na- known as the great game player. 
and he was uh, quite a jokester. So um, one time, uh, Catherine was not known to be a great cook. Um, as a matter of fact, she was known to be a great something when it came to food, but not a great cook, you know. And um, anyway, he sat at the table and he says, well, I think so-and-so should give thanks for this food today because I don't want to be a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah, if I, if I said that at my table. <laughs> well, first of all, my wife's an incredible cook, so you know, but, you know, i got to be careful. <clears throat> but the word, I looked up the word thanksgiving, and lo and behold... It's the same word as grace is. Thanks and grace interpreted uh, in the Greek is the Greek word charis, C-H-A-R-I-S. And if you go from thanks to thanksgiving or thankful or, you know, whatever, it starts and gets, it's still derived from the Greek word charis, but it would be, in some cases, like thankful would be like eucharistia, eucharistia, or eucharist. And as you know, in Catholic churches, they, in many other churches for that matter, they call the breaking of the bread the Eucharist because we are uh, partaking of the body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in doing so, we shall give thanks, but in doing so, we are receiving grace. That's why, in the sense that the word charis means grace, and if you look it up in a Bible dictionary, it'll say, see grace, if you look up thanksgiving, or thanks, or thankful. It'll say, see grace. Because one is what God gives, and the other one is the response. You know, God, and then the word gracious also comes from it. And so when God gives us his grace, and when we partake of his body and blood, we are uh, proclaiming that through his body and his blood, we have been saved by grace through faith, that not of ourselves is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The only way that you can be saved is through grace. You know, um, it's like the five solas that um, Luther had. Uh, his word alone, uh, grace alone, faith alone, Jesus alone, and for his glory alone. The five solas of, that Martin Luther started the whole uh, Protestant movement with that pro- pro- proclamation that he made as, a, as that is God's word alone, faith alone, uh, grace alone, faith alone, Jesus alone, and for his glory alone. And um, so anyway, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Next, please. Hello, hello. Let your moderation. Now that moderation uh, isn't the best translation. It's King James. I like King James. But when it was translated, moderation was a good translation. But over the years, uh, it's not as uh, accurate as the way current contemporary language is or English is. Uh, moderation. A lot of translations say gentleness. Some translations say tolerance. Um, but the, most of them say something else other than moderation. And it means uh, a gentleness is a good, good word for it. Let your gentleness be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. Um, Somebody said, 
that, that's a good scripture to say that pastors shouldn't get salary. They should be careful for nothing. I don't know why I would put, plant that thought in anybody's mind. That is not, uh, rebuke that in the name of uh, Jesus. But it does, don't, don't worry about anything. Wow. That's going to take half our lifetime away. Unfortunately, worrying takes half of our lifetime away. Be careful for nothing, but instead, in everything by prayer and supplication, that's asking God with thanksgiving. Right? That's Eucharist, Eucharist, or well thanks, or well grace, good grace. With thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. Next verse, please. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your heart and your minds. You notice that? Keep your hearts and your minds. Keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Go back to that verse in uh, Romans 8, which says, God, who spared not his own son, how shall he not have given us all things through him? All things come up. There's another verse that's in uh, Romans 8. It says, all things work together for good to them that love God. So through him. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? Everything we have has come through Christ. The word in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not made anything that was made. Again, in James, the uh, first chapter, it says, Every good gift, every perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In the next verse, it's after all. Now, I'm throwing that after all in there. Because I believe that's what this means. But he says, of his own will. This is talking about God the Father. By his choice, he gave up. He gave his son to die for us. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? All things. All the promises of God in Christ are yes. And amen. I went to a worship conference one time in Columbus. And I went to one of the workshops because it struck me as being interesting. But the whole workshop was based upon the Tabernacle of David. The Tabernacle of David is, uh, the word tabernacle is a fancy word for tent. Tabernacle of David was a tent that was set up by David to bring the Ark of the Covenant back and to into the tent and worship and praise and thanksgiving and songs and dancing and all things of worship would be done surrounding the Ark of the Covenant instead of taking it back to where it originally was in the tabernacle of Moses, where it was in the Holy of Holies and only the high priest could go back there and where the Ark of the Covenant was. So 50 years, it says in Amos the ninth chapter, is that God is going to restore the Gentiles. Uh, James uh, called it the Gentiles in Acts uh, 15. He says, God is going to restore the Gentiles. And he says, why? To rebuild the tabernacle of David. You You and I are Gentiles. We are spiritual Jews, according to the scriptures. We have been restored into fellowship and relationship to Almighty God through Jesus Christ.
So it says that God has brought us back in Amos 9, brought us back into his family in order to restore the tabernacle of David, which had fallen down. So what is the tabernacle of David? It's where David brought the Ark of the Covenant into that tent and praise and worship. Uh, Most of the Psalms were written during that time period to be used in that time in the tabernacle of David. So we together, you and I, have been saved. There are many purposes of God. One of the purposes of God is to restore the tabernacle of David. If we were to take it literally, it would be like what is known as IHOP in Kansas City, International House of Prayer. Of course, they took the name from International House of Pancakes, but they changed it to prayer, which they have prayer and worship and song and singing at IHOP in Kansas City 24-7. And I believe that that's like a finger pointing to the tabernacle of David because we are the tabernacle of David because, and here's what the restoration is, it's relationship with God on a personal basis. You see, when the, tab- when the Ark of the Covenant was in the tabernacle of Moses, it was in that tabernacle under the law and the only ones that could go in the Holy of Holies was the high priest. But see, the priesthood has been restored to us through Jesus Christ. And so we are now a priest. That's why it says in 1 Peter 2, 9, we are a, a holy nation, a peculiar people, uh, a people of his own, which means peculiar people, a royal priesthood. And that word royal means kingly. It's the same it used in the Old Testament when Esther wore her queenly garment to go into the presence of the king, it was called a royal, it wasn't called a queenly garment, it was called a kingly garment. See, because it was worn so that she could get in, come into the presence of the king. We have, we are as a people, you, all of us, every person in this room is a priest. We are a royal priesthood. What's the purpose? To restore the tabernacle of David, or as it says in 1st Peter 2 9, that we should bring forth the praises of him who's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, when we praise and worship God, we are entering into an intimate relationship with him, and by doing so, we break darkness. We break darkness, and we, because we have been saved from darkness, into his marvelous light. You see, so we have been restored. Now, why is that important? Well, one thing that you need to know, you see, when God, you know, calls us to do things, he gives us a, uh, a, a, an instructor, uh, instructor's manual on how to put things together, you know. And uh, we have had, God has called us by uh, a holy calling to many things, to many, uh, there's many purposes of God in our life. And one of them is relationship with him as, as demonstrating the tabernacle of David. And so we have a guidebook. We have an instructor's manual and it's called the Psalms. Now that's not the only place where it gives us instruction in this area, but the Psalms give us a way of understanding uh, this tabernacle. And we're going to look at some Psalms in a minute, but let's, let's finish this. And the peace of God, which passes all of what, what says, you know, that word and, uh, the Bible, you know, we talk about run on sentences. Uh, there, there's so many run on sentences in the epistles and in the, in, uh, the New Testament, but mainly the epistles, which were mostly written by Paul and some by Peter and some by John, some by James. And so, it, it, you know, it, you get an and. You know what an and is? If you ever watched uh, Electric com- Company, uh, yeah, so my kids all watched Electric Company, so so did I. <laughs> and, and and they watched uh, uh, the one before that was uh, uh, Sesame Street. In Electric Company, they used to give you teachings on there about their, their English language, English language, and they used to 
use this teaching in conjunction, junction, what's your function? And then they would give and, but, or, you know, various conjunctions. What is a conjunction? Well, we live, did you know that at one time, uh, the train yard here in Oneana was the largest train yard in the, in the United States? In the world, somebody said. Yeah, it was huge. Trains had come in. Well, I, uh, I used to live in Abilene, Texas, and trains would be coming through. I, I still miss by one of our dog, which was actually Jeannie's dog, because every time the train had come through and the train would whistle blow, uh, Mac would go. Uh, he was a beautiful border collie that was just so sweet. And he would sing every time those trains come through. Not a time do the trains come through and, and they blow their horns, you know. I think I can see Matt going, Ooh, a sweet dog. And um, he's in heaven now. The, I believe animals are in heaven. Yeah. You can correct me later if you want to. If you find... On the internet. Are heavens in heaven? Yes, heavens in heaven. Dogs in heaven. Well, he, he's coming back on a white horse. Where'd he come from? Where'd the horse come from? Horses are in heaven. And then I'll see Max someday. Hallelujah. All right. Um, but it says, this is a conjunction. And, uh, what? Where'd the and come from? Well, be careful for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, uh, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving. Some of you in the past have, uh, and in the present, uh, appreciate the teachings that come out of the faith movement, it's called, or the word movement. Uh, Kenneth Hagen, Kenneth Copeland, and uh, I, if you if you're into that, uh, and I believe a beautiful truth came out through that movement. Um, they, Kenneth Hagen, admits that most of what he got was from E. W. Canyon, you know. But he used to he said this in one of his teachings because I've heard every tape I think Kenneth Hagen's ever made, and Kenneth Copeland and Don Gossett and. And uh, Freddie's ready, you know, Freddie Price, and many of them. And, um, but Kenneth Aiken said that when they prayed for something, they would get into thanking God for all good gifts, you know, like the song out of, uh, Godspell. You know, God, how many have you seen Godspell? Well, next, uh, this Easter, look it up. It'll be on one of the channels. Watch it. It's, it's it's a pretty good it's a it's a it's a play on words God's G O D S you know S P E L L God's spell but like God's gospel you see it's a, it's a play on words and they had a song all good gifts around us or you know we're thankful for all good gifts around us which come from heaven above thank you Lord. Beautiful, beautiful song. They have some great songs in there. And so, if you pray, if you're careful for nothing, if you don't worry about, there are many other verses. First Peter says, uh, care, don't care. Cast your care over on God. Why? Why? Because He cares for you. Right? That's implying that if you don't cast your care over on God, you do not let him work on it. He has a care for you. He cares for you, but he wants to do things for us. But if you know, if you worry, you get in the way. Hello? So cast your care over on him for he cares for you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He will exalt you. Well, this says, if we care, start off, be careful for nothing. But instead, by prayer 
and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God and the peace of God and connecting together like boxcars, you know, then the peace of God, which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus and more and more and thank you (laughs) finally you know finally there's another conjunction in 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 the sense of that it's it's connected to the verse before finally brethren whatsoever things are true whatsoever things are honest whatsoever things are just whatsoever things are pure whatsoever things are lovely whatsoever things are of good report if there be any virtue if there be any praise think on these things think on these things last a uh, couple of weeks ago i was talking about a verse of scripture uh, psalm 139 where uh, david says your thoughts are toward me god first of all are beautiful thoughts it says your thoughts toward me are beautiful in Jeremiah 29, it says, uh, I have a plan for you. I have thoughts of joy for you. I have good thoughts toward you. In Psalm 139, he goes on to say, the thoughts that you have toward me are greater than the, the, uh, the sands of the sea. If you, you, you alone, God is constantly thinking of you and about you. Now, wouldn't it be nice if we had a goal to think about God as much as he thinks about us? Wouldn't that be wonderful? And what things do we think about him? Honest, just, pure, lovely, if we're being of good report, praiseworthy, think on these things. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, it says in the Psalms, Proverbs, I mean. All right, let's go to Psalm 100. Psalm 100. First verse. Psalm trusting chariots. <laughs> Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Not singing in church because you don't sound good you don't sing well is no excuse you know I sing a lot of songs I do up here and I sing at home and I've embarrassed my kids so many times from singing and uh, I just know that some days they're going to appreciate it now I'm just embarrassing my grandkids you know we were in BJ's the other day and they came on with this song and it wasn't loud enough. So I helped them. Not be, yeah, I was in BJ's. And we're going down this big aisle in BJ's and they, it was Linda Ronstadt and says, It's so easy to fall in love. It's so easy to fall in love. It's so easy, it's so easy. Enough. So it wasn't loud enough so I just started bellowing out and, you know, they were walking this way, and then all of a sudden, they walk this way, you know. <laughs> don't know this man, don't know this man, you know. That's why I go with Connor. Connor doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't care. You know, walked into, uh, walked into Price Chopper when it was old old building. And I just walked in and I saw these, this lettuce and it said California lettuce. So I picked up a head and I could see some brown in the leaves, you know. And I said to Amy, all the leaves are brown and the core is gray. California lettuce comes to us that way. I just like, 
I don't care. Part of it is just part. You know, I, I, I'm always getting things. Be quiet. <laughs> you know, wherever I go, guy, guy met my daughter, and she's, she says, I go to hell things. He says, I go to hell things. He says, well, maybe you've seen my father in there. He says, he's not the guy that sings all the time. Right? Yeah, that's my dad. I know, I know I don't sound like Elvis Presley or some of these other great singers. One of the reasons I sing is I, I'm trying to be an example to sing, sing, sing hymns and songs and choruses. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands. We prayed for Nancy Tariba a while ago. She has a deep voice. I'm getting there. You know, She has a deep voice. And she carries on like something fierce. She's actually not been, been asked not to come to some churches. And I says, well, you'll always, if it's just you and me, Nancy, that's the way. Let her go. Let her go. Make a joyful noise. Unto the Lord, all ye lands, serve the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence. Come before his presence. We always talk about in the presence of the Lord. Well, come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord is God. You know, that's what it says in uh, in, um uh, Hebrews eleven six, which says, "But without faith, it is impossible to please God." But he that would please God would first believe that He is, that He is God. He is I am. He is the all present God. He doesn't live in the past. He doesn't live in the future. I know Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But he wants us to live. You know what uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 starts with? Now. Now faith is the evidence of things hoped for. You know, everybody loves that. Uh, uh, there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. You know what that word condemnation, first of all? It, and, and this is in the book, okay? It means uh, damnable. Damnable. That's in vines. Damnable. There is no condemnation. You know, Paul says in in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 that he says, I don't, I judge no man. I judge not even myself. Well, that's what it says in Romans 8. You know, he that, you know, he that glorified them, he justified. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? You know, I don't, I don't judge anybody. I don't even judge myself. That's what Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Right? He says, But know ye that the Lord is God. It is He that has made us, not the other way around. You know? Uh, I, I remember, uh, Ern, I think it was Ern Baxter. No, it was Derek Prince. It was Derek Prince. He was uh, on a mission trip in some of the islands. And uh, there was this guy had a fire in his house and he brought out this lump of wood, this log to save. He, he let his children are coming out, uh, other possessions. He left them all to bring out this lump of wood. And Derek Prince says to uh, the, his interpreter and everything, he says, what's that all about? What's, he says, that's his God. That's his God. And he says, imagine that. Having a God that you have to save. Well, we have a God that he has made us, not we ourselves. We are his people. The sheep of his pasture. Next verse, please. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Here's this other thing or not thing. How many of you know that we entered by the blood of Jesus? Okay. How many of you know that 
entering by the blood of Jesus is because of the grace of God. And how many of you know that because we have faith in the grace of God, we believe his word. He says we're saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. Not It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So we are saved by God. It is his choice. He, he does it. We have little to do with it except thank you, Lord. And being saved, we are washed in the blood of the lamb. It's all part. And it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. You see, here's the deal is, if you haven't got a, a, an attitude of gratitude, if you are, if you if we, not us, I'm, I'm preaching to me. Remember George, George's prayer? <laughs> I love that. Thank you, George, for that prayer. That I would get it. I'm praying that I would get it. If we are lacking, we're not experiencing the grace of God, being saved by grace through faith, experiencing the blood of Jesus. If you pass into the presence of God, it says two, two times in Hebrews, it says we have a high priest that is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. That because our, we have a high priest that intercedes on our behalf, we can come into the presence of God by the, into the Holy of Holies because we have a high priest. That's uh, Hebrews 4.16. We go to Hebrews 10.19 and it says something similar. It says we can have boldness to enter into the Holy of Holies by the present, into the presence of God by the blood of Jesus Christ. So one says we have a high priest. What's the function of the high priest? To offer up blood for sacrifice. Only in his case, the high priest is offering up his own blood. I heard, I remember another sermon where this, where I think it was Ern Baxter again, who said when Jesus was crucified, that uh, sin had not only polluted with under the curse of the, the earth, but it polluted all the way up to the uh, to the throne of God. That that's how what sin had. Why? Because it says, not by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he enters into the Holy of Holies to present his blood. And it says in Hebrews that his blood cleansed the holy utensils of worship in heaven, which meant the, the pollution of sin reached all the way up to the very throne of God and Jesus' precious blood, he comes into the presence of God as our high priest to sprinkle the blood on all the utensils of worship all the way up to the throne of God. That's, that's how far got man's sin polluted. And he's cleansed everything with his own blood so that by him as our high priest and him that has shed his blood for us and, and by the blood of Jesus, we can come into the holy of holies by Jesus Christ. And if you don't understand that, you will not be thankful. But if you do understand that, you will always be thankful. Hello? You can't do that. You can't do that without being thankful. It's, a, it, 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 it's part of the condition. Your condition of your spirit. If the condition of your spirit has gone through and is living in the now, now is the faith of the substance of things hoped for. It's living in the now. You know, I was talking about there is therefore no condemnation. Do you know what it actually says? Very significantly so. There is now no condemnation. Why? Because we're living in the presence of God. In the presence of God, when you are in his presence and in his holy presence, you can't say thank you enough. You can't thank him enough for all good things. Hello. We thank and worship him into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. You know, I, I, another thing when I first got saved, and, you know, we learned to speak a certain jargon as Christians. You know, we learn a language. And we forget. I remember the first time this friend of mine uh, who had gotten saved, 
and, uh, and he says, I go to church with the guys always talking about Greek. I'm like, why would I want to go to a church where he's talking about Greek? I didn't know the Bible was written in Greek. I didn't know he was talking about the Bible. I thought, who wants to go to a church to learn Greek? <laughs> you know, everything Greek to me, you know. And it was years before I found out. We just, just you know, just he just assumed that I knew the Bible was written in Greek. And for him to go into the Greek, that was going in deeper into the word, you know. And I thought, I didn't know. I remember when we used to sing, Jesus, he is Lord, he is Lord. I'm like, don't we mean he is the Lord? We don't say he is Lord. It didn't make any sense to me, you know. Uh, uh, another, another one was um, blessings. Wait a minute. I thought God blessed us. You know, gave us blessings. I never heard of bless the Lord. Blessing the Lord. There you go. You have the double meaning though. You know, what can we get? You know, Psalm 116. One of my favorites. Um, it says, and uh, one of, one of uh, Harry's favorites too. And there's, uh, we just ought to read Psalm 116 sometime. And it says, what shall I give unto the Lord? For all the things he's done for me. And we sing a song. What shall I give unto the Lord? For all. For all. For all he's done for me. What shall I give unto the Lord for all he's done for me? When what it says? I take the cup of salvation. And call upon the name of the Lord. I got nothing, nothing to give him. I can give him my life, but he owns that already. You see, I got nothing to give God except my worship and my praise. Hosea 14.2 Take with you words. Turn to him. Say unto him, receive us graciously. So will we render the sacrifice or the calves of our lips. Later in Psalm 116, it says, bring in the sacrifice of thanksgiving. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, his truth endureth to all generations. All right, we'll close with this. Um, I got several, I'm just picking the right one. Let's go to Psalm uh, 27. What shall I give unto the Lord? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I got nothing. You, Hallelujah. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You know, fear of the devil, fear of bad things, uh, worrying about bad things. It's the equivalent in the, in the negative as faith and hope is in the positive. You know, faith is now. Hope is you're hoping to see it sometime. And worrying is like hope and fear is like now. It's like faith, only in the negative. The Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the, when the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encampus, uh, uh, encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. In our case, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And if you remember Elisha's um, servant, when he says, we perish because they were surrounded by Assyrian 
uh, chariots. And he says, open his eyes, Lord. They that be with us are greater than they that be with him. And there was chariots of fire between that army and, and them. Though a host should encamp us against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. One thing have I desired. I, I want to implore, I want to encourage or admonish you to agree with this scripture and mean it and believe it and believe for it. One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer up in this tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing. Yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, when thou said, seek ye my face. Will you sing a song? Your face, Lord, shall I seek. The Lord said to me, Seek ye my face, your face, Lord, shall I seek. One thing I ask for, that shall I seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord. Heart, Lord, sit not. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me, leave me not, neither forsake me. O God of my salvation. Let's, uh, we'll stop right there. Wait, just one more time. One, one more verse. I wanted to share this. Though my mother and father forsake me, you will take me up. You will not forsake me. Parents love us. And if you're a parent, you love your children. But God loves you more than your parents love you. God loves me more than my parents. God loves my children more than I do. Hello? Though though my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will not forsake me. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for Jesus. You that spared not your own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall you not? How shall you not? with him freely give us all things Lord it was all the money in the world all the health in the world all the prestige in the world all the power in the world all the blessings that might come from uh, being in incredible physical condition having incredible mind and incredible uh, good looks all of it all of the best houses in the in the best places whether it be Hawaii or wherever none of it all of it together is not worthy to be compared with the gift of your son but you said with him you would freely give us all things. Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things shall be added unto you. You care for us. Lord, you care for the, for the flowers of the field. You care for the birds of the air. And you care for us. And we thank you, Lord, for loving us. 
we thank you for, <laughs> I'm almost, you know how I feel, Lord. I, I'm almost ashamed that once a year we set apart for Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not opposed to that. I just think that we should be mindful that whatsoever things are true, lovely, of good report, virtues, praiseworthy. We should think of these things every day. We should say, Lord, uh, holy, holy, worthy, wonderful is your name. And then we say, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, we give you thanks and praise for loving us and worshiping. We worship you. We honor you. We confess you. We thank you, Lord, for our children. We thank you, Lord, for our homes. We thank you, Lord, for our clothing. And uh, we thank you, Lord, for our country. We thank you, Lord, for this state that we live in, this town, this county. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for things uh, in this life. Hallelujah. But all of it is comes through Jesus. All of it. And if you could take it all away, believe me, Jesus. You can take it all away, but leave me, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.